No pun intended, but I had an epiphany in Manna Bible study this week. The scripture we studied is the epiphany story in the second chapter of Matthew's Gospel, where an indeterminate number of mysterious magi from the east came to worship and give gifts to the newborn king of Israel. Epiphany is the season in our church here that begins 12 days after Christmas and will carry us until Lent, when Jesus will begin his journey to the cross. During Epiphany, we follow Jesus' ministry up through his transfiguration. The gospel stories from the visitation of the Magi through to the transfiguration help us to get to know this Jesus. First, these non-Jewish Magi worship him as a king, fulfilling prophecy that the house of King David will once again reign in Israel. Dangerously for him, the Magi's visitation also makes King Herod recognize him as the Messiah. Secondly, Jesus is revealed as God's beloved son at his baptism. And finally, at his transfiguration, Jesus spoke with two of the great prophet heroes of the Old Testament, and God's booming voice once again proclaimed his sonship and his authority. In Koine Greek, epiphany means manifestation or appearance, especially of a deity. So the season of epiphany is where we read about how God self-reveals in Jesus Christ. Okay, so we understand what the epiphany word, season, and event mean, but here's my personal epiphany. Many Christians prefer to focus almost exclusively on the good news of the New Testament, viewing the Old Testament as just that, old news. Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets, so why don't we just focus on Jesus? But our pastors have served us so well in teaching both Testaments and showing the relationship between the two. We get into foreshadowing, prophecies fulfilled, parallel stories where an Old Testament story has an analog in the New Testament, or is even referenced. We see it in Jesus shifting old paradigms and habits and laser-focusing the law of Moses. Bookended stories are important too. What happens just before and after a story is important and gives vital information. It just goes on and on. The story of the visitation of the Magi is rich in Old Testament prophecy and imagery, too. It's a continuation of all the ancient stories where God used foreigners to his good purpose. It's bookended at the beginning by Simeon's prophecy that Jesus would be a light to all nations, which the writer of Isaiah had prophesied 700 years earlier. At the end, the murder of the innocents is the bookend that echoes Pharaoh's decree to mur murder the Hebrews' newborn sons at the time of Moses' birth in Exodus. And both Moses and Jesus are saved from these slaughters. The star is prophesied in several places. There's the modern condition of Roman rule and the old conditions of Egyptian, Babylonian, or any autocratic rule over the Hebrew people. The concept of the Messiah is there, too, prophesied as early as the third chapter of Genesis, although we see Jesus in the first sentence of chapter 1. All the begats in the Old Testament that show up in Jesus' genealogy give important information about the Messiah's human origins. Each of his ancestors has a story that's worth reading. Even the prophet Micah wrote specifically about a ruler coming out of Bethlehem. Drill down on this one, and Bethlehem means house of bread. Jesus, the bread of life, whose body is in, with, and under our sacramental bread, was prophesied to be born in the house of bread. I could go on and on and really geek out here because seriously, this little piece of New Testament scripture, just 12 verses, is so richly linked with the Old Testament. A really great resource, if you want to dig in a little more, is Luther's The Gospel for the Festival of the Epiphany from Luther's Works, Volume 52. I really don't think there's any bigger Bible geek than Martin Luther. If you'd like to read it, just send me an email at my SLC address and I'll share the text with you electronically.
I think understanding this link between the first and second testaments, the first and second covenants, is critical for understanding the second testament. I've heard from some people that they really don't see any value in studying the Hebrew Scriptures and maybe reading the Bible through from Genesis to Revelation without the context of reading them in parallel is part of the problem. It's not written chronologically anyway, so it's kind of a false notion that you have to read the Bible that way. It wasn't until I read the Testaments together, along with sound preaching and teaching, that I could see Christ present from creation, and Christ is the fulfillment of the Law and the Prophets, and honestly, it can make the hair stand up on the back of my neck when I read such stories because it's just so cool. Reading the Hebrew Scriptures without the New Testament Scriptures that they prefigure can lead to the notion that the God of the New Testament is not the God of the Old Testament, and vice versa. Luther helpfully said, the Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. The intertwining and interdependency of both Testaments is the key to the epiphany I had today. Will you join me in this epiphany?